0: Welcome back to the Body Podcast, where we talk strength, conditioning, lifestyle, and everything in between. Today's episode, we have Body Member Rick with us, talking networking and utilizing active listening and using your personal and business network to connect people. Rick, Ricky, Richard, Boss Man, who... who, who, Thanks for coming to the podcast, but what is your actual name? What are we going by? Because you get called so many different things. I didn't know what to call you. Where are we going with?
1: Well, so my given name is Richard Eugene Marquez Jr. So I am a junior, right? Okay. So growing up with my dad uh, having the same name, we had to differentiate. So my parents started calling me Ricky. So to my close family and my closest friends, I am Ricky. Ricky. Now, um, as far as Friends that are outside of that, I mean, they'll call me Rick. And then business associates, because of my name being Richard, I had put that on my business cards, everything else. So most of my business associates know me as Richard. Gotcha. So... I go by all those names, um, you know. As <laughs> yeah, so you, anything that
0: resembles a nickname for Richard, you got it. or the I'll full name. Okay, I, I, and i
1: would be called all of them. Trust
0: me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. I was gonna throw in like a mean nickname in there, like something like uh, something me. like mean. Something I, was like, <laughs> I don't know if I should say <laughs> that right now. Brandy. Let's at least wait a little bit. Brandy. But uh, I got it. and then on the intro, it's we're we're gonna be you know focusing this around networking and stuff, right. and obviously so. you've done a lot in your past, and we'll get into it. But before we get to that, sure, kind of just talk. A little bit about yourself, where you're from originally. If you're not from here, how did you, how'd you end up in Arizona? So,
1: well, I'm a second generation native, so my parents are from here, I'm from here. Um, I grew up in Glendale, so the West Valley. I went to Apollo High School, uh, graduated a few years ago. I won't say it, yeah. but you
0: know, sure. uh, I think it was at 2013 or 14 maybe right and then like <laughs> yeah, 18 we'll go college that. Yeah, yeah. We'll go, yeah we'll go with that but
1: <laughs> well, I bet it was before you were born but what I can say we went uh, I don't know I'm pretty old uh, 88
0: well, I graduated in 87 okay so, so you, yes, did. You, did. Did. <laughs> you did you did that's high school not college it's yeah just like that. so I went to Apollo so high school 22 years young now yes yeah. exactly
1: yep 22 well I acted trust me <laughs> um Arizona State so I'm a devil go devils um And I've lived in many parts of the valley from, you know, Ahwatukee, Biltmore, Glendale, Peoria, and now I've been in Scottsdale for 15 years. Just, I
0: love it. And and so, again, before we get into everything, what, how'd you hear about body and how long have you been going for?
1: So I heard about body from a a friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Held. She's a former member. Unfortunately, she's not with body anymore. Um, But I had my gym that I was going to close down. Uh, The guy just... Uh, packed up shop and moved back to Nashville he was a former uh, pro football player Evan Mathis Okay. so he sold the shop went away so I I was searching with a few other members we were trying to find the right place that had the same sense of community that we had there because we had a really tight tribe and so I came to body and instantly just uh, you know fell in love with the place and the communities there and I mean the energy and the um, pizzazz that Nikki and, and Nick have, and I me mean, just, how can you not enjoy working out there? Yeah. So, yeah, I've been a member for, it's been uh, just over five years
0: now. Okay. And uh, I, I love it. Perfect. Love it. And so, um, kind of just going through a little bit about your kind of professional career mm-hmm. um, and, and this will kind of circle into what we're going to be talking about networking and stuff. Okay. Kind of give a little background of kind of, you know, your jobs that you've had and, you know, let's say post-college um, post-college? Yeah, post-college, like where you got a job, where you started doing, and kind of those jobs from there.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, because really during college is kind of where I built okay. that office. Okay, go, go so, from that, go from there. Yeah, so, I mean, because I worked at a company called Smitty's here in the Valley. Those that have been here for a long time will know what that is. It's a it's a grocery chain. Okay. So, if you ever go into a Fry's marketplace, mm-hmm. those larger-sized grocery stores, those were used to be Smitty stores, okay. which they're kind of like a, a Walmart, right? So, they have a multifaceted – they have different uh, – uh, shoes in them you know they, they have dry, you know, regular grocery store but they also have uh, hardware they used to sell guns <laughs> it's Every, crazy. everything yeah, everything so I started there when I was uh, uh, really young 15 and a half and worked there from there into through college in business management degree at ASU um, and uh, went from carry out to a store manager so I was there for you know from 85 to 97 so I kind of worked from the bottom to the top okay. and then uh, yeah and when I was there I um, uh, had my daughter at age 20, so I had her at a very young age. So you know it was uh, responsibility was at, a, at, a high, yeah. at such a young age, right? So I threw myself into work. Um, you know, so I was in retail for, you know, for those years until '97, went into communications for eight years. So I was working for a company called U.S. West Quest, which is now, I think, Lumen, Lumen. so okay. I was them for eight years had a lot of fun there, but had a lot of success there. Actually one year, uh, went on a trip to Paris and London on the Concorde. So oh. like, like you know, I can honestly say I flew the Concorde, got a little piece of paper. That that's, showed, like, that's pretty cool. flew twice the speed of sound and everything. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty neat. Uh, not too many people can say that.
0: What, uh, I've always, I saw that documentary about it. Um, mm-hmm. what did it feel like you were going fast or just felt like a normal plane? It was turbulence. Uh, great question. So what you feel mostly is
1: the fast, Acceleration, taking off and, and landing is very abruptly yeah. so when you take off they don't take off at a normal angle like you take off now it's more of a steep uh, ascension yeah right so you're almost like you're back in your chair and you're shooting up like a rocket okay right? and, and, and in the air when you're looking outside you can tell you're going faster because the clouds are going by faster yeah
0: Really? Sometimes when you're in in a plane, I'm like, how is this going 500 miles an hour? Because it doesn't look like I'm moving that. Right. The clouds don't, but the the Concord, Concord, there's like zooming by you.
1: Right. And you're flying in the stratosphere. So you're not flying where normal planes, you're flying actually higher up. Okay. But even so, it it was interesting because when you're looking outside and you see those clouds kind of going a little bit faster, when you're walking on the plane itself, there was actually some gaps in the floor of the plane because as you're going at that speed, the plane actually has to elongate and shrink okay. as it goes. So it was weird because you can feel that space under your feet. But, uh, that was, it okay. was quite an experience though, to, cool. to say that I would do that. So anyway, yeah, was yeah, <laughs> no, cool. I, uh, yeah, I did that, uh, that worked out at, uh, you quest for eight years. Um, then they realized they were paying us too much money. So they cut the pay scale. So it was time to go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. So I went back into retail as a store manager for Sprouts Farmer's market for, for two years. Um, quickly realized why I left retail in the first place, which is working—you know, eighty hours a week, responsible for 120 employees, fifty million a year in sales. Yeah, everybody, everybody else's problem becomes your problem.
0: I'm asking yeah. this when you are working as the manager of Sprouts or like a grocery store retail, mm-hmm. um, and, and we think if it's a grocery store. Hey, everyone just goes in there, buys food, stock it up. Right. You know, it's stocked. That's are you as a manager? Are you getting like kind of? Are they on your, you know, ass about hey, we, why do we only have a uh, million dollars in sales this week? You're usually doing two million. Are they on you guys like because I everything's a business at the end of the day. You think it's just a grocery store, and but it's it's a business. So do you have like the up the you know you probably have a regional VP that comes to your guys all the time. Are they like hey man, what's going on? Why are we not selling as much? You're absolutely
1: right. So there's budgets you have to adhere to. You're responsible for. And they compare it year over year. So you have a budget that's written off of last year's sales and and the trends that are happening in the current year. So when they're writing that budget, if last year you did 30 million sales and you're running in the company and that area is running at about a 5% increase, they're going to expect you to have that 5% on top of what you made last year. And you need to allocate for that and you need to account for that and you need to budget for that. So
0: let me ask you this. Do grocery stores have a say in what prices they put out for our products too, or do some products that you buy, like say, like, let's just do a can, like Celsius. Celsius. Yeah. The Celsius cans, mm-hmm. pretty probably not. Right. If you're, they're selling them for $2.99 at Sprouts. Right. Sprouts is, the cans are getting sold to you guys at 50 cents. Is Celsius also gonna tell you, you do not exceed this amount of money because we don't want you to price us out? Do you not exceed $3.50? That's the highest you can go.
1: Yeah. That's another great question. So it's really done by the buyers at the buying staff, how they negotiate that with the suppliers okay. because they're the ones that actually negotiate that. So yeah, there's certain, certain standards, certain price points that the manufacturers will not let you go below yeah, exactly. because then it, it diminishes their value of their product Yeah, and they don't want to have that.
0: Yeah. So, but could there just be a case where like. Hey, we're selling a lot of eggs. Let's just bump them up an extra 25 cents. We'd make a million dollars. Cause like, so there's a study I did, I did in college was
1: mm-hmm.
0: changes that you wouldn't necessarily know mm-hmm. a company does, but saves money. And one of them was olive garden one year in like 2005 or four. They were each salad, they eat, personal salad They give you two olives, right? They replaced it with just one olive, saved them like over a million dollars a year. Sure. Across the board. Cause mm-hmm. you're using half as many olives and you don't realize, but they're serving a, a salad, side side with you every single meal that you get. So they're saving on all of each time. And that was like something, but like they could easily just charge an extra like 10 cents. Would you still buy this eggs for an extra 10 cents? But they're selling so many eggs. You could make, it'd be an extra million dollars for the store, an extra like $20,000 for the store, which would then make you hit your budget and then you right. get the manager off your Yeah, I ass. see what
1: you're saying. And quite honestly, no. No. They didn't have that okay. control. Yeah. The, the it prices were set. The only time you'd ever really have an opportunity to change a price and you would never increase it. It was more, you would decrease it. And that's yeah. if you had a product that you had to move, that you had a lot of
0: product. Like chicken hand. or something where it needs to be sold tomorrow. You're
1: chicken like- or even the Celsius for that matter. If you have maybe the buyer, it, it had split out a bunch of pallets and you couldn't move them when it was on ad the week or two before. Now you're sitting on a pallet and a half in the back room and you want to move it. So then you'll go ahead and keep a you know, a better price than the normal price because you want to move it faster. Yeah, that
0: right? makes sense. And
1: you're not going to get hurt as much on your margin because you bought it
0: at, at a, a sale dollar. Price. You're selling price. right now two twenty five so, right. instead of two seventy five. Exactly. Yeah, but then they, if you don't sell it, it just becomes bad. You lose the money. So in, in time, it. right.
1: You don't yeah. want to. You don't want to have it towards close coded. Then you're trying mm-hmm. to just blow it out because mm-hmm. then you know it's just it's a bad thing at that point for both you and the supplier. It just yeah. makes them look bad. So. Anyhow, yeah. I mean, I know hey, yeah, we go. Topic. no, no, <laughs> this is good. I, I actually, I, I thoroughly,
0: enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy this.
1: Yeah, so I worked at yeah both Smitty's and, and, and Sprouts for a total of 14 years. Right, mm-hmm. so I did that. And I loved it, but it was just so many hours. I realized it didn't have a life. I mean, it was just it just it's all consuming, right? Yeah. So got back out of retail, and this is where the networking starts coming into play. So when I was working in retail at Smitty's in 1995, I met this gentleman by the name of Paul Rudolph. Um, he's a managing partner for a law firm called Rudolph and Hammond in, in Scottsdale. And I met him through his um, then fiancé um, and, of course, now his, his wife. And But unfortunately, he had passed six years ago. But um, I met him, and he knew my career path. And when I was working at Sprouts, he can tell he came in shopping, and he knew that I was not happy being back in retail. And he knew that in the past, being that when I was in communications I was networking with them and going out to Chambers of Commerce being part of referral groups he knew that I was going out and building those relationships with other people and he wanted to change the how he was going about marketing the firm rather than doing a uh, uh, ad in the yellow pages or television or newspaper ads or however any kind of marketing they may have had he wanted to do more of a personal touch so he wanted to hire someone that was on staff that was going out and and networking with uh, property and casualty insurance agents, with auto records, with other doctors, with other attorneys, with with people that should come in contact with people that are in accidents. That once they have come across them, they're gonna refer them to me and the firm versus going another direction. Because they have someone that they know and trust that does a great job for those individuals and thus they'll come my way. So realistically, he knew that he wanted to go that route. So rather than going and try and interview other people, he knew, my skill set, how, how it went about uh, networking, and the fact that I had already sent him a couple of pretty large profile clients, yeah. even though I wasn't even working for the firm. <laughs> so he's yeah. like, this guy's looking out for us and for, for me and my family. And so he made me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I started working mm-hmm. with the firm back in 2005. So um, I was the director of client relations, so I was a direct employee of the law firm at that point when I left Sprouts. Okay. Um, but rewind four years while I was working at US West Quest, they actually paid for me to get my real estate license. So I got my license back then in 2002 um, while I was working at US West Quest and I was double dipping, so to speak. I was actually working with the employees there, helping them find their houses. They were moving out of their apartments and they were making all this money, wanting to mm-hmm. buy houses. So I have all these people that are from 21 to 50 years old, you okay. know. You know, making some pretty good coin, looking to buy houses. So I was helping them find houses. So I'm selling them houses, working in
0: communications,
1: yeah. double, double dipping. So that's where I got my first taste of multiple income streams. Yeah. And that's why I, I, to this day, I still do the same thing. So I'm still doing real estate, I've been doing that for 21 years. And then i um, working with the law firm for uh, 17 years now, um, uh, 10 years ago. I, instead of working as a direct employee, got my own S Corp. So now I'm an independent contractor. So I, uh, you know, still do the same thing for them, but now I'm independent versus having to be an employee. Yeah. So I get up the benefits from a tax standpoint.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I work with a uh, contract, uh, IT consultants, So okay. a lot, a lot of know. them like to do, uh, have their corporation set up for writing off a lot more and, mm-hmm. and everything. Absolutely. Too. So yeah, it's, it's it's a lot better for me. and we can pay them more because there's less te- There's no payroll tax. You know, benefits. there's a lot, there's a lot of benefits that just being you having your own corporation than the company just paying you. Right. Yeah. So, and
1: that brings me to the, the last piece of what I do. Okay. <laughs> so, um, when I went through my divorce, uh, six years ago, I was on my ex's, um, insurance plan. She was a, the, um, executive chef at the Scottsville Plaza resort. So I was on their insurance plan because I was an independent contractor at the time. Right. So it was cheap, just cheaper to be on her insurance. Plan. Yeah. So when we got divorced now, of course, I'm going to be responsible for my own health insurance and we all know how expensive health insurance is. So I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to go and trying to find another job that's going to go ahead. And, in addition to what I'm doing, um, going to help offer health insurance or at least pay half of the premium. So uh, I, I took a, a step further and am like, well, wait a second. So I went and got my health and life license. So now I'm a health insurance broker for businesses that have two employees or more. And then the residuals from that are paying for, well, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's another income stream now. So yeah. I have several businesses that I work with that,
0: uh, a, uh, broker their healthcare. So let's get into kind of the, the networking aspect. Okay. I have, you know, obviously a few questions and we're probably going to go all over the place. Sure. Um, I was trying to figure out how to have a fluid networking conversation, but I feel like we're, just, maybe we're a maybe we off, <laughs> off the cusp on it. Right. But, uh, In college, you step foot on campus, especially if you're a business major, I did sports management. If you're any type of, uh, in a major where you need to interact with people Mm -hmm. and build connections, they always say networking, networking, networking. Right. Why would you think it, why, why is it so important to network?
1: Well, I think for a variety of reasons. know, of course, I've got bullet points where I can explain it yeah. to, to why. I mean, from simple, simple things just to be able to strengthen your, your network business connections, to develop long-lasting personal relationships, uh, you know, raise your professional profile, advance your career, uh, get access to job opportunities, exchange best practice, practice knowledge, get career advice and support, and, of course, build your confidence in public speaking. Because now you're going up to people that you don't know from Adam, and you don't have to talk about your business or... or you know, be able to convey what you do, right. With from just some of you from Adam, you know, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get your message across? Yeah. And to do that though, I think, um, where a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people were, I think the, the best way to go about that is always ask about their business first, show interest in what they're doing first. So I want to know about what you're doing, you know, what is it that you do for a living? And you know, what, what's your passion what, you know, what, what drives you to do what you're doing. And once they see that you're interested in what they're doing, the natural progression is to ask you what you're doing. Yeah. And then you can go ahead and present what you're doing. Yeah. Right. So, but that's, you know,
0: that's what I think a lot of people don't necessarily do. They just start spewing I, out what they do. I, and I think what happens with people networking is they just like, they're not really talking the talk. They're, they're trying to they're over talking. Like you're saying, they're not mm-hmm. listening as much because they didn't either come prepared to the event or they're nervous. And so the only, what right. do you do when you're nervous? You result to something that you're comfortable doing. Right. Well, what's something you that's comfortable doing? You can just talk about what you do because, right. because you know it, right. You know, you're not lying. So it's the easiest way to talk. I've always said this to prepare. And it, this goes for any job. I think. Mm-hmm. And I, even when I, I use it, this philosophy here, I right. had a sales manager that once told me when I first started my job in IT recruiting, yep. I was a sport man major. I coached college basketball. Yep. I don't know anything about it mm-hmm. and our company's like, dude, we're sales guys or recruits? We don't know it either. Right. But he said, always have a home screen. So like, you look, he's like, take your phone, right? You have messages, you have settings, you have maps, right? Right. Always have those major questions that you want to ask. Mm-hmm. Right. So five or six, what happens is you ask one question. What happens if you click the settings button? You ask that question. It can open up a twenty more questions, right? right? But you don't know where they are because you don't know yet. So you answer that question. Now maybe you have one or two questions that lead off to that, right? But what happens is what happens if you get stuck? Go back to your home screen. Ask one of the home screen questions. Right. So that's all. I, and I've done it for here. I have I have seven questions for you. Mm-hmm. We could talk. I I had we interviewed my buddy Clayton. I had, I had six questions for him. We talked for over an hour mm-hmm. and we got to three of the questions cause they opened up floodgates so to something else. Right, exactly. And whenever it gets started, I just, I go, all right, go back. circle back. Like, let's go back to this part now of your life. And so that's, I think if you're going to a networking event, whatever job you have, have a, have five or six main questions that you want to ask people right. about them, mm-hmm. just general questions. Sure. And based on their answer, they, they might open up some other stuff that you can relate to. And that person is going to remember you if you're trying to, you know, network. Like, oh, this guy was curious, and based on those questions, it might just be, oh, yeah. I ended up, I went to school in, you know, Boston. I'd be like, oh, I'm from Massachusetts. Boston. Where did you go? You know, right, like so, exactly. like those things. But but have a home screen, and right. I call it the home screen. Just have a home screen. Basic questions to always circle back to.
1: Well, and also by doing that and having some common common ground is is building rapport. And that's yeah. a huge way in building that rapport and trust to build that confidence to where they want to work with you. Yeah, you know, or vice versa for that matter. You know, and you, you brought up a point earlier about you know how it opens up other doors, but you know by truly listening to someone in a conversation rather than biting lip waiting for your turn to speak, which we all do. That. Oh yeah. You know, I found myself doing that with right you right now. As you're talking about, I, I want to say something, but I want to wait for you to finish what you're saying first. But. You're saying something. It's going to open up the door to something else for us to talk about. So, if you truly listen to them in the conversation until they're done talking, more oppor- opportunities are going to present themselves. Yeah. So that's and that's not it's not something that happens easily. It takes
0: it, some time to, to learn that. It's very because I do it sometimes because. I- you're saying something I have a question I want to ask and I'm like my dumb ass is going <laughs> to forget it so I'm like I got to get this out because that's how my brain thinks like, like right. and then what happens is always oh, I miss the last part of what you just said because I'm just like I gotta ask this fucking question yeah. if I don't get yeah. it out and that's what's going through my dumb right. brain and so I'm trying to like get this out and and I just want to know but then I'm like oh what else did he say but again like people ask me like I have a lot like everyone's like Oh, Scott knows someone everywhere. Right. Uh, yeah. I travel a lot. I, I worked at athletics, but everywhere I go, like when I meet people, I kind of ask, where are you from? What do you do? Right. And I always just try to find a common ground and they'll be like, Oh, I like, I went to, you know, UMass Amherst. I'm from that area. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh, Antonio's pizza. They're like, yeah, anyway, well, I've oh, been yeah. drunk there at 2am and he <laughs> yeah. ordered pizza in that little <laughs> area, you know? And they're like, Oh, so they, they, they kind of remember said it, it, it builds rapport with people. I always try to don't, uh, let me ask you this. I know, or kind yeah. of going all over the place it's fine what's, what's kind of a, a little no-no for, for networking you know besides you know maybe just talking being rude being drunk at an event something like that but like what's a, like a, a no-no that people do that thinks kind of okay or they think it's normal or you're something right.
1: I think it's more of what we just touched on a few moments ago and that was don't just start talking about your business right off the bat when you're introducing yourself to somebody you know always express interest in their business first and, then, and wait for them to ask to see what you, know, see what you do because, again, if you just start blurting out something, people aren't necessarily going to be listening to you. They're, they're, they're looking through you. They're thinking of something else. They're not interested until they're wanting to talk about what they want to talk about. Yeah. So let's get them talking about what they want to talk about first and then open up that door, hopefully, for them to allow you to talk. to You can tell them about what you do. Now, if they don't ask, they're probably not the person you want to network with. Yeah. You
0: know? uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Me, I, I've... In college, I think a lot of professors are like, hey, network, email, follow up with an email, follow up with that, which is always good. Yeah. But I always just said, if you just said, hey, hey, Rick, my name's Scott. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, can I get a business card? And you just follow up with an email. Like, and that person's going to get a, like, our, our buddy from college is uh, basically the assist, assistant GM of the Yankees. Okay. Very high profile job. Yep. He, I remember he went, he was telling me, he went back to college, um, and did like a little speech and every person like reached out like, Hey, how do I get in? How do I get in? He's like, it's like, I, like, because they tell you to email, Hey, thanks for coming. All that stuff. But it's like, hit, like know who you're emailing to. Like right. if, if we're sitting here emailing and like Bezos comes in the body and he talks, I'm like, Hey, nice to meet you. And I follow up with an email. And just, I say, Hey, my name's Scott. Nice to meet you. Love the speech. Can I get a business card? I just follow up with an email. And not really, I didn't put an impression, make an impression on the person. Right. Like you said, answer questions. And then mm-hmm. when they like, Hey, take out my information, then you know, or, all right, Hey, can I have a can I have your information to reach back out? But don't mm-hmm. just, I always said, so just ask for someone's like business card. Say your, say your name and then follow up with an email. Think that it does. You've got to make an impression of someone. It's better, it's better not to email that person and right. try again the next time you meet them
1: right yeah what, what, what are you going to do what are you going to say how are you going to make an impression on that person in a positive way to where they're going to remember you when you reach out to them to follow up yep. you know that's why it's another good reason to have that common ground when you're building that report hey we're talking about basketball you know you were a coach you know and you remember we were talking about your kid or we're talking about this reference that in that response so that you can really put he or she can really put that um, note of remembering you that way so yeah. you know and that's just and that comes over time it comes natural when you're just talking to someone eventually it becomes natural if it's not for you now it will be you know just by practicing it and just talking
0: yeah the the best way is uh and this is like more of I guess sales thing but the best way to practice is just get on the phone <laughs> you know you can play all uh, these hypotheticals in uh, your brain the mm-hmm. best thing is just go go to an event if there's some type of how oh, does a pretty good job of doing like, networking events if you just google stuff there's a lot of like whether it's like uh local entrepre- entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, 30 under 30 clubs, like stuff like that, to where you can network. And, uh, no, I don't, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. And I, like, I think, I think the best option, yeah, you might be, you might come off like a weirdo the first time or it might not be your best, but the more events you attend, the better you get at talking, the absolutely. more people you meet, it's the only way to get better. Absolutely.
1: I mean, for me, starting out at a young age, I mean, my very first job, which we're not even going to get into that was a paper boy. So. Yeah. I had to go as a young kid going door to door collecting money from adults collecting at
0: 10, 11 years your, old. Your, your senior, your your manager, whoever would tell you, like, hey, these people, and they put like the slip in there, yep. these people are past due. Yeah. Try to go collect them. And you're like 13-year-old kid <laughs> trying to collect exactly. $2.50 <laughs> over due. Uh, it's like, so I'm really gonna date myself, there's a movie called Better Off Dead. You know, I want my two dollars. Yeah.
1: That, that movie, and that's exactly the truth. Yeah. I watch that movie, I get I crack up every time because it's a, it's so true that scene, right? And then uh, the different type of communication and interacting with people, you know, being grocery store, you're face to face, you're seeing them face to face. You understand what they're wanting there right in front of you. You know, communicate that way, communicate that way. You learn how to manage the people that you work with, both the people that you work for upper management and the people that are working with you at the same level and the ones that are actually doing all the hard work for you. You know, that are bagging, the ones that are, you know, stocking the shelves, you know, checking out the groceries for the, for the employees or the customers. Yeah. So you learn how to manage all that. But it's all communication. It's all building that way, rapport and how to talk to people. Yeah. You know, when I was working at US West Quest, I was on the phones for the first few years. So I didn't know exactly what you're talking about being on the phone. When you're not in front of you, people get very, very uh, bold because they can say whatever they want because they're not right in front of you and they have no problem hanging up on you or and it wasn't cold calling they were calling into me so but you know you just learn how to to talk to people in different ways so you know for me I've been fortunate to be able to talk to people in many different ways in in all different walks of life you know from you know business CEOs and um you know, the original was the sprouts are the uh, good friends with uh, a few of them still they've since well since retired after that company went public and yeah, God the bless them all, right so I mean, <laughs> uh, so I mean, you know it's been I've been very fortunate to have some really good contacts that I and be, I've built over the years and um, some really good friends that uh, um, that are ones in broadcasting he's he played sixteen years for the uh, in the uh, MLB. his name is Jerry Harrison jr. he does. The yeah. uh, TV for the Dodgers, so okay. it's back and forth, so I played golf with him. Nice, of times a month. super nice guy. But I learned a lot from him about networking. When we go to events and you know, I'm meeting all these different ball players or you know managers and whatnot, it's it's interesting to see how they talk. I mean, they're just just, just like us talking right now.
0: I mean, it, it, I, 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 so my my buddy Rich, uh, he's he broadcasts, mm-hmm. and I go to a lot of story events because because of him because he does yeah. all these games. Like I mean, to where like he'll have Jim Nance send me a video for my birthday. Happy birthday, Scott. Well, he's said, you know, yeah. good evening friends, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, or yeah. hello, hello friends. Yeah. And he'll be like, hello, fr- he'll be like, hello Scott. Uh, Richard's want me to correct, you know, like, yeah. and it's so cool. But when you, when you sit down and have a drink with them, yeah. yeah, they're just we're just regular people having uh, final fours with Gary Payton. Yeah, me, Rich, Gary Payton, and we are literally just all shitting on each other. Yeah, like we're like like we've been friends for forever. But Rich is such a good networker. Yep, you know he he works the events, talks to people, actually cares. Like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you do that. You know what I mean? And kind of met him years ago, and I'm I'm the same way. It's just it, it's the more people you talk to, the better you get at it, and the yeah. more people you can kind of relate to, then you have a connection with everyone, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, I think, I think I do talk a lot, obviously. And, but it's like, if I didn't, like, what am I supposed to have less friends and just, I don't know, be miserable and not get, but I'm like always curious. That's why when I, when you asked before we started this, you know, why'd you guys decide to do this? I, mine was, I think there's a lot of cool members that I don't know anything about that. We don't know, or that, you, that you know Nikki, and Nick kind of know yeah. but like other members don't know that. Like Steven was the video guy or you, you right. are this, like yeah. there, there could be someone listening to this podcast that you could help. And now they're like, all right, let me reach out to him. I have a couple of questions, you know what? No, and and, and exactly. that's kind of why I thought it could help the community. And especially, you know, when I brought it up during COVID, I was like, Hey, people might be losing their jobs. Like someone might be able to help someone in, in, you know, this industry. So
1: I've done that many times at body already, but the, it, the, uh, challenge for a single male at body is if you're going up and talking to a girl, they, they automatically think you're hitting on them rather than maybe, maybe you have a general interest in what they do and then you might be able to help them in some way. So yeah, that's where it's a, it's a fine line. You have to understand and not feel that like you're crossing. Yeah. I, I think
0: that as long. Yeah. I, I think if, you kind of go with the intentions of just like, hey, I'm kind of curious. So I'm just asking, and if, if people take it as like you're hitting on them or they're rude, then it's just like, all right, yeah. I, if you do it that, way, I don't. I, we probably wouldn't be friends anyways. Kind of yeah. how I look at sure, it. Yeah. I'm not like, go fuck this person. I'm just like, all right, well, geez, sorry, I, I didn't turn out. Or, or I always feel like I'm like a comedian. You know, it's like, oh, right, that joke didn't play. Yeah, you know, maybe I, maybe, yeah, maybe, I, maybe, maybe, I maybe, you know, my joke didn't play. And mm-hmm. not saying I did a joke. I'm just saying like, oh, they just, you know, yeah. move on. Like, work on the next one or what. Not. But I, I think like for anyone listening that the, the network. And I think you just have, it. if you, if you generally do care what their job is, right. what there is, you can definitely tell like the mm-hmm. person that you're, if I'm asking you questions and I'm actually generally curious, you can tell that I'm actually curious and yeah. want to know. And so you open up a lot more right. about things too. And it just, again, builds up, builds a connection and, and, and we go from there. So, well, you know,
1: with doing that at the gym, both uh, when connecting and networking at the gym, it's helped me out tremendously in a couple of ways. So my old gym that I was with, it was called Zone Athletic Performance. I was there for gosh eight years before he closed it down, and then now with Body. So going to both of those gyms and networking, it's actually resulted in two of the biggest real estate deals that I've had in my 21 years. Mm-hmm. So they both resulted in these multi-million dollar home sales. Yeah. So, and that's just from talking and networking, yeah. you know? And so there's truly a benefit in that for me personally, but also now they're both of those clients are friends and they're going to, they've been referred. Refer yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a snowball effect.
0: Absolutely. I want to go back to something not to do Okay. Uh, for networking. Here's one of the things is never go into a networking event looking for, for someone to give you something out of it. That's, yeah, that's, uh, that is, I think a lot of people are like, they're going to a network event cause they want, like if, if I'm an entrepreneur, I'm like, I'm going to this event to try to create other business partners with me to like, maybe I can help them. They can help me, but it, it, you, cause you can definitely see like the desperation from someone like they, they want something out of it for their own personal gain. Right. And you don't want to do that yeah. and when you're networking, you don't, don't go in with the mindset, like I'm going to do this to have my own personal gain. Cause then it comes off very I don't know the the weird way to f- how, I don't how say salesy, but... it. Yeah, yeah, it comes yeah, off as very yeah. salesy. Like like I've left per- like you're doing this to me just so that I can help you with something. Never expect anything in return. Help people out because eventually it will come. It will come full circle back to you. Right. So
1: you're you're bringing up something that I actually wanted to talk about a little bit today. And I belong to a referral group. It's called BNI. It's, that BNI? BNI. Okay. That, the acronym stands for Business Networking International. Okay. Um, they've been around for over 25 years. Um, I'm actually, I've actually been a member, member since 2006. I um, belong to the largest chapter in Arizona, 82 members. We're called the Connectors. But the reason why I bring them up is their motto is exactly what you just touched on. The number one thing to talk about is called giver's gain. So as you're giving you referrals, you're giving business to somebody else. In the end, that's going to come back to you. So the more you give, the more you gain, essentially. Yeah. And it's true because, you know, I've been doing that for, uh, like I said, since 2006. And I can look at because you track exactly what you've passed and they're supposed to um, uh, track what you've actually sold or, or given to them so they can show what kind of uh, revenues have been yeah. built from what you've passed and vice versa. And if you look at that <laughs> over the years... it's it's about equal or what I've actually gotten results from our firm has been more than what I've actually passed so it's truly giver's
0: game and and I've always said too is the other thing I said is like college kids are always like well how do I like they just want like they think by just networking is just reaching out via email or a person, like a younger person mm. seeing you one time, reach out via email. It it's like, Oh, they're going to, they're going to help me with a job, you know, or something like that. And I'm not right. saying that, that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but if you are just going in there, like you said, looking, how does this benefit me without helping someone else? Because there's people like I will, like I've done a lot of stuff for some people and I don't feel um, so bad like When I actually do need their help, it's like I know I can count on them too. So I was like, "Hey," and and you never hold it. I'm like, "Hey, I've given you all this stuff. You can't help me one time." It's more just like (laughs) they, but they're if they're the same person that you'd like to be around. It's you help them out, and they're like, "Hey, can you do me a favor?" Yeah, dude, it's not a favor. Just ask as a friend, ask me for help, and you know what I mean. Right? It's not. It's not you're doing me a favor. It's hey, can you help me with this? Do you mind doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, you still as a friend will be like, "Hey, do you mind do me a favor?" And there's it will it will get returned. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's a
1: different sense of trying to, to build that, you know, relationship when you say you're doing a favor versus, yeah. you, know, you know, I want to help you out.
0: Yeah. Our buddy was on it. He, he, I, it it'll already be out by the time this comes out. But sure. he was always just like, I kind of give him, like help him out with some stuff around here. And then I was like, hey, do you mind like coming on the podcast? Can you come on for, do me a favor? And he's like, dude, like, yeah it's not a favor you've yeah. like helped me like it's just yeah it's not but you always feel I feel like when you don't like want something always in return you kind of feel bad asking for something that you know other people are trying to ask someone to but like for better you know gain I'm just like I'm the, come on you know what I mean yeah no so, I, I get it and we all know people
1: that are that are that might be in the same industry right I mean so how many realtors do you know probably oh, now, 50. Yeah, now You right? ton, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, as far as a health insurance brokers, how many you know, well, that may not be as prevalent, but you know, uh, being that I, uh, I work for an accident injury law firm, we didn't really talk much about that, but um, that I do that, I'm actually, I am essentially an ambulance chaser. So I help people that have been in accidents, oh, okay. I refer them to the law firm. So I'm not an attorney, but I refer those accident injury victims to the law firm. So I'm basically going out there procuring those accident victims, so that's where I go out and I network and I connect with property casualty insurance agents, auto wreckers, uh, chiropractors, other other MBs, other attorneys,
0: so that when they come across those people that are in accidents, they refer them to me. me and I refer. Is, them to now let me ask you: Is this something where, let's say, I get like hit by a car, I go to a chiropractor, was, like fixing me up, and he's like, "Wait, what happens? Like. Oh, I got hit by the car, and the chiropractor's like, hey, "Well, it's, we're gonna have to be seeing you for rehab for X amount of time. It's gonna cost you a lot of money." Yep. They're probably like, you know, you know, you could get that money from the insurance or from the person that hit you. Correct. But they might just be like, "Hey, I, I just don't know who to talk to. I don't know what lawyer." And they're probably like, "Well, we know a couple, and they refer." Is that kind of how it works?
1: Exactly how okay. it works. Thousand percent. So you know, they and they're on their behalf. They generally give one or two people because you don't want to just be pigeonhole into just one person you want to hey, look, I've got a couple, you know, I want to call them both and you can decide which direction you go. But they they understand how important it is to have that type of um, representation to make sure that you're getting taken care of properly. Because uh, if you've ever been in an accident and you've never hired someone to represent you, you know what it's like because they just, they steamroll you. They'll tell you, you know what, even though you've been going to the doctor for six weeks and you've got, you know, $10,000 in medical bills, we'll give you 500 bucks and we'll take care of those medical bills for you. Yeah, And some people, oh, okay, I'll take that 500 bucks. Not realizing that there's been other aspects out there that they're leaving on the table from pain and suffering, time off of work. Yeah. You know, punitive damages, whatever mm-hmm. else they're leaving thousands of dollars that they could have received that they're entitled to, yeah. but they didn't know better.
0: In, so. And I think some people, and, um, it's almost like, uh, Cam, because he was my dentist mm-hmm. and I was, needed a, um, implant. And he was like, listen, I feel confident to do this, but like, you should go see this other dentist. Like him referring me to another dentist, cause that's a specialist Correct. in this area, mm-hmm. makes me feel more confident that I can go to him. He's not just gonna do it to make a quick buck, he actually cares about the right. person, you know what I mean? Yeah. That he's yes. yep. So that's always been like, so referring, I think i read something, or I see something the other day it was uh, in New York, back in the day, a bunch, or maybe, maybe in London, there was uh, an Indian uh, shop opened up, mm-hmm. a restaurant. Okay. And like two others open up around the corner, and they were like, "You're like, oh, you're a competition around the corner." And that's like, no, we are now the spot for Indian food. So everyone comes here. Hey, you want good Indian food? You go to over on the corner of uh, 125th and, and you know Mass Ave or whatever right. a street name is, and that's the Indian food centric. Mm-hmm. So you always go there. So it's it's actually bringing people there. And if one restaurant's full, the other's full. Right. then they'll send people hey just go over to that restaurant you know oh there's a wait here there's a no wait so they're bringing everyone over there for Indian food everyone's winning everyone's eating and then they talk to each other hey I've noticed a lot of, like the Americans don't like this so yeah. I w- save money don't buy it. we're not you know selling a lot of this don't buy that you know right. don't waste and they kind of communicate and they all they're almost like uh, working together when mm-hmm. they do that instead of like competing I guess you're right exactly and I always said like With the dentist or the, like, Hey, here's like three or four Mm -hmm. and you guys, if you can't take on a case, like, Hey, you refer him to another friend. So that makes the customer be like, Hey, I I trust these guys. So if I'm going to refer someone, Hey, I use these people, but they referred me from this guy who seemed like a great person too. So,
1: right. And that's quite honestly, that's because I'm independent too. That's what I'm able to do. Ralph often have is my number one firm that I go to, but in the event they don't want to take a case, I've got other firms that I refer to that, you know, I can pass that case on in the event they don't want that case. So exactly what you're saying, that's what I do. But I had to sidetrack for a second. You're talking about Cam, I'm going to go dentist.
0: Yeah.
1: Body basketball a couple weeks ago, you weren't there. He was there. He sweats so well, no, much. No, that's not what I was gonna say.
0: <laughs> uh, this, dude, this dude, can't touch the ball without it being so he's freaking. A, what? Oh, we can be like nine basketballs playing this fucking guy. <laughs>
1: Other guy, he's a, he's a strong baller, and he's just. I
0: mean, he's He a goes big a hundred guy. miles an
1: hour. I'm a big guy, but he. Oh, I mean, I, I was I was posting him up, and I was trying to muscle him,
0: kind of keep him out of the box. And yeah. well, we Woo, we played one time, so it was, like, Nick, myself. Basically, everyone was, like, on our team was the size of, like, Nick and anyway. I. Okay. So, like, okay. we're all just the same height, same, like, all, all guards. And we have to play against Kim. And he just got the ball. And we just had to hope that, it like, someone missed a shot away from him. Yeah. Because he would just get it. He One, he, he plays hard. Yeah. Well, yeah and he, he's it. athletic. Sure. And he's in shape. Yeah. And then he, he sweats stop. so it's like it's just like you can't even just he just gets any rebound in his grasp. He just gets and puts it up, and it's to a point where it's just like we'll just you get the point. We'll just take the ball up. We're yeah, right. exactly. I mean, we just well, we hope having, they miss the 6'3" Six three, six four. Yeah, six three, six four. four.
1: Yeah, was, I'm six foot, so I mean he was jumping over top of me. I, oh, I, yeah. mean, I was right there. And his, oh, come on, You're man. Massive dude. That's not fair. Yeah, big. Yeah. But, you know, and he came up to me when we first started playing the angles. Hey, just want you know I, I do sweat a little bit more, so I apologize. <laughs> but I was like, okay, you know, I, you know, it wasn't like it was that. From a long game or anything. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no,
1: no. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it was it was fun playing with them, and it was pretty competitive. And those body basketball things were they were a lot of fun. Yeah, like it's
0: a career. way to like get up and down, get cardio, and without yeah. having to go outside and run. Right, it's kind of how I always looked at playing pickup basketball too. Yeah, so. and
1: it's another way to to inter, uh, interact with the other body members that you may not be able to in the gym yeah. because you're just the teams that aren't playing. You're sitting there waiting for the go, but. You're just sitting there chatting. Yeah, so absolutely. You can network there too. You
0: can figure <laughs> out
1: what people do. And exactly, yeah. yeah. So I love fun with that.
0: But um, I, I think I think we kind of got all the questions I, I wanted to ask. I'm trying to look through some of them, but we kind of touched up on you know the do's and don'ts of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously your background, your how your networking led to two of your biggest deals.
1: Yep. I mean, anything else you wanna? You know, I mean, just networking as a whole, I just find that, you know, it's been phenomenal for me to help build some solid personal relationships. I mean, you do that just and you don't do that unless you actually put yourself out there and it's not easy to do. And, um, you know, once you start doing it, it becomes natural for you. You can talk to anybody anywhere. I remember going, I was going out of town with my family, maybe, gosh, eight years ago, nine years ago and this was extended family. It was myself at the time I was married and it was my brother and his wife and my parents. And we were just going to the airport. We're on that, uh, um, uh, train that goes from parking to the terminal. And there was this other couple, they were just sitting there, in their stand there talking. And then something they had said made other people laugh. So I just started talking to them. And my brother goes, why are you talking to them? You know, you, you have no idea who they are. You don't know what they're doing. I'm like, they've had something interesting to talk about. So I just started talking with them about it and he kind of caught him. Like he just didn't understand why I would want to talk to somebody else, but you never know who that person may know. And that's, that's the thing for me. You know, I don't know everybody that you know, you may know somebody that can truly, I can truly help or you can truly help my
0: business. I also think it's just cool just to learn about other people's job. Like I just learned something new about the grocery store. Right. Oh yeah. I also like, I love, I had a consultant that Lily designed a, um, for his company, designed um, a system, a, a, a technology that basically would warn managers of at risk uh, employees mm-hmm. before they even thought. Not because they were like, give rid of them, but retention rate in employees is so high. Right. right, so it costs so much money to retain an employee. Yep. Right, so if you, you hire someone for a hundred grand, that employee actually probably costs the company 140, 150 grand. Yep. And then if you if you just, if that guy got left or quit or you fired him, to retrain someone to get him up to that speed It costs a lot of money, right? right. And so they designed this, and a lot of the times what they realized is that what it was, they could figure out, was, oh, this person hasn't been, gotten a raise. One was a, a woman who just had a kid, she's kind of showing up late a lot after the pregnancy, they brought her in. She's like, Hey, how's it going? She's like, I'm just a little tired. She's like, you know, the newborn's like, wait, why don't you pick two days a week? and you work from home? We'll make it like Tuesday, Fridays. You work from home. Yeah. She's like, Oh, thank God. Thank you. And like, it, that cost the company $0 yep. made an employee happy now. Mm-hmm. So like those, those are like, I just find it fascinating. Just talk to people, you know, yours was the grocery store. I always yeah. thought it was fascinating. Like where are things lined up? How are they lined up? What who, people pay for the most expensive stuff are eye level. Yeah. But people pay for shelf space. It just everything that goes into it. Oh I find, gosh. I we find fascinating. For, we can talk
1: for hours about that. Yeah, <laughs> slotting fees and you know all that good stuff. But I mean, now it, the the game has changed with uh, home delivery and yep. people you know ordering stuff online. And you know, now you have whenever you go to the store, you see people employees that are shopping for the people. You know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's it's a different game altogether. it's going more towards um. You know, home
0: if you shopping. if you ever go back to retail and you can change one thing. This is what you have to do. I'm, no, I'm telling you what I want. Hmm. Um, the scan, the, your self, self-checkout, you can't have more than 10 items. If, I get, ten. if I get behind some freaking person scanning 37 vegetables and having to look up each, each item, item, when they do just go use? to the freaking line where the person knows all the numbers for it, and it'll be done in a tenth of the time. If I have to sit behind this, I'm like, oh, my God. I got, like, my chicken and, like, whatever I'm eating for lunch that day. I'm like, I got to wait. 20 minutes for this person to scan 300 items when it's quicker if they just go to the person. Wow,
1: yeah, it, that is true. Um, you know, I just happened to go to a grocery store the other day and I, I just noticing how much different it was when, from when I was running the stores um, that have, you know, 12 self checkout yeah. lines now, right? Uh, or even 16 at the store I went to. But same thing, they have a long line for that one, but you go in there and someone's has some tomatoes, they have lettuce, they have, you know, potatoes, and they have to have a different PLU for each one. Yeah. And there's no sticker on them anymore, so they got to lick each one of them up, and it takes a lot of time. It does. Right. Whereas
0: I should say, it should be 10 or fewer items if there's a line. So if you sorry, there's a line, like if it's crowded, 10 or fewer, you got to go wait more than 10 items. Maybe they do like 14. Yeah. I don't care, but it, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like we'll just, I'm like, I'm like, i literally, just, it took, it, but, like, why are you sitting there for 20 minutes scanning when you can have this person who's a 40. pro who'll do it in yeah. two seconds? They know all the and just, I'm, I'm over here just trying to get a salad. I'm going to have to wait 20 minutes in line. <laughs> that sprouts <laughs> irritating me. Yeah, well, they but, just uh, started
1: putting in those self checking yeah. the past couple of years. Yeah, uh, but,
0: uh, well, Ricky, thanks yeah. for coming. I appreciate it.
1: it. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the uh, opportunity to talk a little bit. I know we got off tangent a few times, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to let
0: me come and speak a little bit. All right. And thanks, everyone, for listening.